Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Easter Sunday, 2022. I wonder what it means for you this morning that we are um, celebrating this moment in time, this moment in history. I wonder what your perspective is this morning on Easter. I wanna talk to you for a few moments about an event that happened 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, as we have talked about the last six weeks, about these moments on the cross, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was crucified. 2,000 years ago, he rose from the dead. Now, if you're in the house this morning, that is probably, uh, you know, it could be perceived as quite a statement. Especially if you're in the house or if you're online this morning and you don't really subscribe to this thing of this event, this momentous time in history that we call Easter. The question could be asked, and you might be asking it this morning, is there something relevant about the resurrection, this thing that Gene's talking about right now? Is there something relevant to me in this message? Because you know, when, when Jesus rose from the grave, the, Rome, the Roman government was still in power. The Roman government did not lose their power the next day after he rose from the dead. His disciples, they all were hiding in small rooms for God knows how long until they got enough courage? No. <laughs> until they experienced Jesus doing something miraculous inside of them. Jesus showed up. Let's go to the scripture. Let's read from Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember? Remember. Do you remember what he told you? Do you remember when you first said yes to Jesus? Do you remember what that might have been like? What it was like? Do you wonder what it might be like? Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Here's what he said, that the son of man, speaking of himself, Jesus said, 
I've got to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and then I'm going to rise again on the third day. See, sometimes we have to pause. We have to consider. We have to remember. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings, and then he went home again, wondering what had happened. What did the resurrection do for that day and in that time? What does it do for us today? Is the resurrection a one and done? Is it, it happened 2,000 years ago and now it's all over? Or does it happen over and over and over again? The men at the tomb asked the question, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Had you ever gone to visit a dead relative in their location in a cemetery? Have you gone to a place where you know the scattered ashes of a friend have been scattered? Imagine that, if you will. You're going to go to some place where dead things exist. Do you expect something alive to be in that dead place? Yeah, of course not. You go to places where dead things exist because you expect dead things to be there. In Genesis chapter 2, during the creation account, God formed the man from the dust of the ground and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. This wasn't just any old ordinary breath. This was this pushing in of the breath of God into his creation, into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. See, at creation, that breath of God was the thing that destined us to live and to live forever. But because we get to choose, because we get to decide for ourselves how we will live our lives, who we will follow, what will we subscribe to, what will be the trajectory of our life. Because we get to choose, our first ancestors chose too. And so when they decided to not go along with what God was telling them, when they decided to listen to the liar, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, when they gave him space in their life to consider, did God really say? It was like um, they lost their breath. They lost their breath. Uh, my brother and I, we, were, uh, we are three years apart, and uh, when we were children, uh, we regularly, you know, I'm 
I'm 58 now, so, so my regularly probably wasn't that often. But in my memory, it seems like uh, the rough and tumble uh, fighting that we would do um, sometimes got a little carried away. Have you ever had the, the breath knocked out of you? Uh. And you think you're going to die? And then it comes back. See, that's, that's what, the way I picture this at the, at, at the fall. When man and woman decided to live their own way, it was like a punch to the gut, and they lost that breath. That's what happens at the resurrection. That's what happens when God looks at us and says, I'm going to breathe my breath of life back into them. I'm going to give them what they're missing. I'm going to offer. I'm not going to, I'm not going to force it. I'm going to offer this breath of life. Because I, I came that they would have life, he says. And to have life abundantly. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? The first, the, first, uh, the first two preach this good news, ironically, were women in that culture. And dare I say, sometimes in our culture today, women were sidelined. Women were not elevated to the point where they would have any sort of authority. They were the marginalized. They were often property. But the women were the ones who saw Jesus first. They were the ones who got the great news that he is alive. And they are the ones that first went to tell everyone else that, the, that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. <laughs> well, um, let me just say that I think some of us guys ought to shift things a little bit because in the Bible, they were already having a negative attitude about the women around there that thought this was nonsense. They thought it was nonsense. It's just them. Oh, my goodness. Like, what are they saying again? It's just nonsense. They didn't put any weight to the word. And yet, they were the ones that were the first to see. It was unbelievable I have to imagine there are some of you in the house this morning, maybe some of you are online right now, who hear me talking, who have heard this story before, and you're still thinking, unbelievable. It is nonsense, nonsensical, ridiculous. Why would anyone put their life on such a trajectory that they would believe in a guy that died 10 or 2,000 years ago and reportedly came back to life. Have you ever been to a Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum? Yeah, me too. I've been to a Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And when I was a kid, I used to see the little, I don't know if they were comic books or they were little, little magazines, Ripley's Believe It or Not. And you'd, you'd look through there and there were, it was stories of, people and places that are incredibly hard to believe, but undeniably true. That's the line. Undeniably true. 
I would imagine that if you had a brief conversation with a few people in this room this morning, you would hear some stories that are unbelievable. Places where we've come from that are unbelievable. You're in here to this morning? What? What has happened in your life? That you would subscribe to something that you're suggesting is undeniably true. Have you told anyone your story recently? The storyline of your life? Have you thought about the storyline of your life recently? Because here's the thing, it's really important. It's really important that you know where you came from and where you're going. Because we're all on a trajectory somewhere. We're all headed somewhere. The question this morning is, do you know where you're going? Do you know the direction you're headed? Do you like the direction you're headed? Peter, ever the person that got ahead of himself, always the disciple that said, it, said something first, acted first. Often he acted and said things first and later had to figure out how to get himself out of a fix. Peter, I imagine he looked at the women and he said, are you kidding me? Hmm. But guess what he did? He jumped up and he ran to the tomb. And after he saw what wasn't in the tomb anymore, he went away wondering, wondering. Isn't it bizarre? Like you see something and you can't believe your eyes? And he goes away wondering. I would imagine Peter was thinking things like, wow, that's curious. What did I miss? What are the things that I've missed? What are the clues that I didn't see? Did Jesus tell me? And he's thinking back. What am I missing? What am I missing? 40 years ago, I began to ask myself the question, what am I missing? What is going on in my life? How am I missing these moments? See, in my, my culture growing up, in my faith tradition, Easter was typically just another Sunday. We went to church, but it wasn't this big deal. And I told the staff this morning that it is curious, isn't it, that on Easter Sunday, there is this cultural decision, seemingly, and less so today than perhaps 10, 15, 20 years ago. But there's this decision that if you don't go to church any other time of the year, you try to get there on Easter. And that's a good thing. But here's, here's the truth about Easter, in case we want to dash anybody's dreams about this. The truth about Easter is that Jesus rose from the dead one time. He rose from the dead one time. But you know what? Every Sunday is the first day of the week. And every Sunday being the first day of the week, we again celebrate this risen Christ. Better than that, 
is that when you follow Jesus, when you make a decision to walk his way, when you make a decision to love your neighbor as yourself, you know that's not sustainable if you don't have Jesus. Frankly, it just isn't. But when you choose the way of Jesus, every single day can be a resurrection day for you. It is, if we're honest, every single day when we wake up, when God rouses us up out of our sleep, we get to decide how we're going to live. And we get to decide if I will choose this day to serve Almighty God or if I'm going to go my own way. Here's the thing. We have this propensity toward right living for short periods of time. And then we start whistling our way through life. And perhaps we take a step over here and then over here. And pretty soon we might hear the words, did God really say that? Did God really say that? Is resurrection life really for me today? Does it really account for anything today in my life? There's a whole bunch of you that are entrepreneurs, you're creatives, you're people of intention, you have a long life ahead of you. If you're visiting with us this morning and your hair is the same color as mine, welcome. I am super glad you're here because we need a few more of us. But I love leading a church that is filled with youth. It is filled with children. It is filled with the next. I mean, no, no, no. We are the church today. It's not about next. It is we are the church today. But if we don't keep... Uh, Pouring into this, these, these children of ours, these people around us. You guys are movers and shakers. I know that about you. And it is not sustainable if you are not firmly entrenched. If your foundation is not secure on this immovable rock that is Jesus. If your life is not fully and totally committed to the way of Jesus. I'm telling you, I've tried a few times in my life to live very differently, to, to unsubscribe. I stopped the subscription to following Jesus. And I'm telling you, when I was 19 years old, to make a decision that, yeah, that's the direction I'm going. I do need Jesus in my life. I've tried him without, I've tried my life without him, and I do need him in my life. And I'll just tell you that the journey is never straight. The journey is wayward, and you figure it out as you go. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is all over you. He never leaves you. He never abandons you. But we get to choose. We get to choose. My friend Becky wrote these words on her Instagram account last night about this thing of life and the circumstances we find ourselves in sometimes. She says this, she says, I think a lot of life is like the Saturday 
before Easter. It's like a holding cell, the wait period that in the moment seems endless. The old is gone. We no longer find ourselves there. The things have shifted. But we do not see the new destination or even the new season just yet. We must not be discouraged in those days when we can't find our way through the next moment. We must not be discouraged in those days when we simply want to unsubscribe because of the people we're connected with or the family dilemmas that we find ourselves in, the strife, the strife and the division that we experience. It's easy to unsubscribe. I'll just stop that email from coming in. Holy Spirit, just don't talk to me about that today. Good luck with that. When we, when we shift our posture, when we shift our perspective, we may hear things like, well, you know what we've often been told about Easter. We're told but that Jesus died, that he rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And if we subscribe to this, if we believe this, then someday you may have, you will have, a good life on the other side of the grave. If you've been around here at Restore very long at all, you know that we believe that eternity starts right now. Eternity is right now. It begins right now. Whenever we make a decision for Jesus, when we decide that I am going to follow him, eternity begins right now. You know you're all dying already, right? Like the minute we're born, our bodies begin to decay. And over time, it gets worse and worse. Trust me, it gets worse and worse. Lots of good things happening for you guys. We're all on a trajectory to the grave. We all are, that's the reality of life. But when we repent of our lack of following Jesus, when we repent of going our own way, that means that we don't just sort of decide to do something different. No, that requires a 180 degree shift in perspective. We are walking one way and then, oh, I should turn this way. I'm going to actually walk this way because what's behind me is death and destruction. What's before me is a future filled with godliness, filled with joy and peace. And you know, you're not gonna feel it every moment of every day. Stop depending on your feelings all the time. Feelings will leave you high and dry. The love of Jesus, though, the love of Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is for you. He is not against you. And just because things don't look all rosy, you know what? A number of hours ago, 2,000 years ago, things didn't look too rosy for Jesus either. Not in the least. Buried, dead, dead, and dead, or so they thought. 
but he came back to life. That's what we believe around here. We believe that Jesus came back to life. He is our resurrection, and we get to be resurrected because he's been resurrected. Would you stand with me? In John chapter 11, Lazarus, his friend Lazarus has died and his sisters are all upset about the fact. They should be, rightly so. Jesus, where were you? Jesus, where were you? Where are you in my dilemma this morning? Where are you in my pain, Jesus? I mean, these are questions that we ask. These are questions that are relevant. Where are you, Jesus, when in, in my pain and in my crisis? Jesus looked at Martha and she, he said, Martha was Lazarus' sister. Because she was she was coming to him and saying, where were you? Where were you? Same questions we ask. Where are you, God? And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even after dying. Who wants to insert nonsense into that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in, lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. This is a perspective change, friends. It's a perspective change. It's a 180 turn. It is a leaving what's behind us and looking towards what is the future. This morning, when you walked in, if you came in from the parking lot side, you saw a big old livestock tank out there. It's filled with barely warm water. <laughs> and I'm gonna release those that are getting, that have already said, hey, I'm following Jesus, I haven't been baptized, and I wanna be baptized this morning. Those of you that have already made that decision, uh, I'm gonna release you to go and find Carla out in the lobby, and she will help you um, get all set up for the baptism. I know that there are some of you in the house this morning that have not been baptized, and you haven't said, hey, I wanna be baptized today. Or maybe you were baptized before you believed. That happens. So, if you feel and you believe this morning that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did resurrect from the dead, that he gave his life, he, it wasn't taken from him, it was actually given to us, he laid it down for us, Nobody took it from him. If you believe that his body was broken and his blood was shed for your redemption, then today might be that day for you, if you haven't been baptized, to step out, go out in the lobby. We've got 
We've got a t-shirt for you and a towel. No pants. <laughs> but that's the invitation this morning. I mean, we're, we're, we're blatantly pro-Jesus around here. And we believe that there is no better life than the life of following him. And we want that for everybody. We want that for everybody simply because when we make a decision for Jesus, when we decide we're gonna walk the way he walked, we're gonna talk the way he talked, we're gonna do our level best to become his disciples. I mean, my life has never been, I, I mean, it's never been the same. And I know that many of you can say the same thing. So I'm gonna pray, and as I'm praying, uh, you can make your way out front. We'll baptize until we're done. Don't delay. Do the next right thing, and you'll be better for it. Father, I thank you this morning for the beauty of this time together, for the knowledge that where we're gathered together, man, you're here with us. Your spirit is residing in, in this house, in us. And so God, as we, um, as we consider the implications of what it means to follow you, I just pray all over the house this morning, all of those online, that there would be a sense of just freedom if we're if we're um, in bondage this morning, if we feel like there are shackles on our feet and cuffs on our, on our wrists, like we can't move, that we're constricted. God, I just speak the word of freedom over the house this morning. God, I know that you want to do and you are knocking at the door of our hearts on this Resurrection Sunday offering resurrection to all of us without prejudice. Sometimes preachers make following Jesus and even making that first step toward Jesus so complicated and so weird. But it's very simple. It is very simple. Jesus, I give you my life. That's all you need to say. Jesus, I give you my life. If you have a sense of meaning behind that, if you have a sense of, of that's what I need, that's what I want. I want to be a person of love and joy and peace and patience, a person of kindness and goodness and self-control. Those are all the things I want for my life. Then what are you waiting for? Honestly, what are you waiting for? There is no better trajectory to be on than the one that says, I will follow Jesus, making that commitment. So simply say with me this morning, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. For all of those, God, that are responding, 
I just pray blessing over them. For all of us within the sound of my voice, God, I know that you honor the words of our lips. And where we will step into this next week, when we see people in the days ahead, the places where we're tempted to turn right or left when we should be just walking straight ahead. Give us the courage where we need courage. Holy Spirit, infill us for the days ahead. Give us a fresh sense of your presence. Empower us. Help us to love as you have loved. And once again this morning, God, we say thank you for the cross, for your broken body, for the blood that was shed for us once and for all. As we step into tomorrow, the Monday after Easter 2022, maybe, maybe we have a real sense and experience of your resurrection power within us, day after day after day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.